0: Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by. And it's pretty cool, too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 37. Joining us this morning are uh, Jim Fox and Josiah Fox. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Hey, Hey, good morning. Glad to have you back. This is not your first rodeo here with uh, the word this week, so thanks for joining us again. How you guys doing? Great. Glad to yeah. be back. Yeah, doing well. Yeah. Anything major going on in your lives these days? Been a great
1: start to the new school year, and God's doing great things in my, ki- things in my kids' lives. I'm grateful for that. So.
0: Yeah, that's fun to see, and it's it's fun to just. Uh, having you guys together. I think uh, we've done another episode earlier. Uh, We're having the two of you guys together. And uh, it's just cool to see uh, a legacy, really. Uh, Jim, I know um, your dad has a great story. Your parents, their faithfulness and uh, walking with Jesus over the years. And then you have a pretty, pretty amazing story yourself. And now seeing your kids uh, walk with the Lord, it's pretty awesome. I'm proud of
1: them. Glad they didn't have to waste some of the time that I did. They, yeah. they have been wide open, honoring God with their lives. I couldn't be more proud.
0: Isn't it, isn't it fun to, to look at your kids and say, man, I wish, I wish I had been at your age when I was your age. I wish I was at the place you're at now. Hey, absolutely. and how exciting that is! Isn't absolutely. That so we've been reading through the Bible. With this week's reading, we're finishing up Ezekiel. Uh, We get to see Ezekiel's vision of of kind of the new temple once the the people get to come out of of exile. Uh, We finally, (laughs) I thought we've been seeing the end of Jeremiah for the past uh, three weeks, but we finally, I think, are seeing the end of Jeremiah. Uh, We are seeing a couple of chapters of Daniel, uh, and then we also start the book of Job. I was thinking about some of those things, whether it's prophets, whether it's apocalyptic literature like Daniel is, uh, or or Job, which is almost like an epic poem uh, kind of thing. Some of those things, I think, in my past have been hard things to read or something, sometimes I just think, oh, I'm muscling through them. Uh, but now I uh, I read them from a, a very different perspective. So I was wondering for you guys, how has the way you read those Kinds of things in Scripture changed over the years from when you initially would have said, "Yeah, I read Scripture on a on a consistent basis."
1: It's just always fun to see Christ manifest Himself through you know through the Old Testament. There's so many so many references, so many clear uh, descriptions of Him, pointing to Him, what that relationship looks like, okay.
0: and it's it's exciting. Jim, was there a time in, in your walk with the Lord where uh you would read things or maybe even like i get to something like job and just be like i don't know that i really want to read that i'm just going to skip over it sure
1: yeah, yeah. i mean i think that's easy for all of us cruise through the the details a yeah. lot a lot of those here in the old testament a lot of those in ezekiel that's about right. the temple but but a lot of important things to be gleaned too so
0: yeah man when i
2: really started consistently spending time with jesus I did not like the Old Testament. There was like mm-hmm. some stories that I liked, like First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, some stuff in Genesis, yeah. maybe a little bit in Exodus. But I remember it was actually with a friend, and we were talking about Job, and he mentioned like biblical scholars around the Old Testament, and I got upset because the only experience I had majority majority experience I'd had with people who wanted to be experts on the old Testament just used it to manipulate the way I lived my life. Mm. And, and that was my perspective on people who enjoyed the old Testament. And I told him that I said, people who study the old Testament just want to use it to manipulate your life. And you had strong opinions. I I was very opinionated (laughs) and he was very gracious. (laughs) And we, um, we hung out a lot and over, Several years, we laughed at that moment Hmm. a lot. And uh, yeah, I think now when I read it, it used to be really confusing because I think I was looking for for it to be like video video camera footage. Hmm. Like it's going to tell me exactly what happened and exactly what I need to know. But instead, the author only gives us the information that they want us to see Hmm. because they're trying to tell a story. And once I started listening to that more and and kind of viewing it through this lens that that Paul and views viewed the scriptures, he says that it's there to give us the wisdom to understand our need for a saving and that that saving comes through an anointed representative, and that representative is is Jesus yeah and seeing that every page is trying to communicate some aspect or angle of that story not it's not all trying to be a history textbook or a science textbook but it's trying to it's a minority report and i think that became really evident in this time reading ezekiel Hmm. where he's talking about even from before the time they left egypt israel has been worshiping other gods yeah there is no point in their history that they were only worshiping yahweh and it's like oh this whole story really is a very small group of people trying to hang on to God's perspective of the universe and his perspective on these people that he really loves, despite the fact that they don't love him in return. Yeah. And so it's really changed a lot. Just being able to say like, oh, that's weird. And I don't understand that. Well, why? Because they put that here on purpose for purpose. Right. Um, Once I started having that perspective, um, of not, of realizing that nothing in the Bible is accidental Mm -hmm. or haphazard, um, it really gave me permission to, to go down the rabbit holes and learn more. And I love it now. It's totally, my perspective has totally changed. Yeah. I like to say.
0: Yeah. Now you're someone who, when you're talking about things, you're often (laughs) referencing the Old Testament. Yeah. It's very ironic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Praise God for the Holy Spirit <laughs> yeah um you mentioned Ezekiel and we do come around the the end of Ezekiel um I was just wondering for both of you guys and and this is just off the cuff it's just <laughs> as you were talking uh was wondering what are what are some of the major things that that stick out to you from from the prophet Ezekiel you know there's a lot of similarities from between Ezekiel and Jeremiah uh, but there are some differences as well uh what are just some things from that whole book as we wrap it up
1: One of the things I heard, well, as Josiah was talking about Israel's unfaithfulness, uh, a word that just stuck out to me throughout this reading was just the word enough. Mm -hmm. He he just says enough. It's got to stop now, you know, and, and, and so often, you know, we, we continue with our determination in the wrong direction or our confusion of his character or our, you know our our cloudiness of of who we think he is, and and he's just trying to get our attention and say, stop, take a look, a, re- a genuine look for yourself, not based on what other people have said or misrepresented to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think last time I was on the podcast, we talked about the kind of cities we we're building, and and how Israel had destroyed the land, and Ezekiel keeps pulling on this theme, just like Jeremiah does, and and Jeremiah just. Uses towards the last like 10 chapters of Jeremiah is dishing out destruction Yeah, and it's very like uses a lot of language from the flood narrative and and in Ezekiel What I think is beautiful is now there's a new temple and a new city and it's bigger mm-hmm. Than the one before it and it actually is going to have a river of life that flows to even the most dead and destroyed places Um, it goes to the Dead Sea there's a New York Times article that came out, I think, uh, about two years ago, talking about the Dead Sea area. It makes an argument for it to be a location for Sodom and Gomorrah and that those sulfur deposits came from some other astronomical <laughs> influence yeah. in that geological area mm-hmm. and, like, destroyed it. And that's why there's no life there. Like, that isn't a natural deposit of all those chemicals. And so it completely wipes it out. And it's this place that whether they knew it or not, it still is a symbol of like, it's been destroyed. Yeah. And no life is good there. And even in those places, God can come and bring life.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what he said. The name of the city was right. And from that day, the name of the city will be the Lord is there. Mm.
0: Yeah. And, um, I think that even in this, um, this version of the Bible that we're using, uh, the chronological Bible uh, or the daily Bible in chronological order. Uh, you know, there's some of some of the commentary there. And um, one of the things that the commentator points out before that vision of the temple, he points out that there are some things that aren't mentioned that for them would have been very important. A part of the temple, like the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. which the Ark of the Covenant was the, the symbol truly of God's presence with yeah. them. But, as you as you were saying the lord is with them and uh you know there's there's no need for that ark because yeah. of how the lord's presence is yeah. going to dwell with us uh and then you you jump forward and if you look in the the last chapters of revelation very similar picture
2: yeah john goes nuts with some of this imagery of like rivers of life mm-hmm. um and there being uh, a tree on both sides of this river, that bears fruit, and the leaves are are used for healing for the nations. Mm-hmm. So Revelation twenty two is a quote from Ezekiel.
1: Yeah, Psalm forty six talks about that too. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. I just love that. Love that picture.
0: Yeah, it's it's what we've talked about. I think this whole time that you have all of these different authors, all of these different works of literature that have come together in what mm-hmm. we call the Bible. And it tells one unified story that that yeah. points to the per the person and the work of of Christ of Jesus, and uh, I, I just love seeing those things and seeing those connections. And I think that's what's even made reading the the Old Testament through this time um, made it even more more fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, is just seeing those themes that continue to re- not only repeat themselves but also point to hey, this is where we're headed. Yeah you know, that's so cool. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, thinking about all we've read this week, um, what are some things that are jumping off the page to you guys?
1: What jumps out to me is in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, as I was thinking about the word that jumped out to me being enough when, when it's time he can, he can break you (laughs) instantly. I mean, Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar, he told him, gave him a warning, just like he always does us. He, he cares about us. He loves us. He'd rather not discipline his children, but he does because he cares. And Nebuchadnezzar, exactly a year after his pride was had swollen up in his chest, and he looked out over everything he had accomplished as a leader and built and made and and just didn't acknowledge God's gifts or, or his hand that was involved in that. And he, he humbled him you know, God has that ability to humble us. And, and, and he did that very, uh, very thoroughly for Nebuchadnezzar by having him live out in the land. He's down on all fours. He's, you know, he's like a wild animal. And then instantly he restores him mm-hmm. a year later, instantly restores him. And, and he, I believe he came to faith in, in that in that period of his life, he he honored God and was very vocal in his leadership of his nation about God's authority and power and that there was no other God like him.
0: Right. That really touches on one of the, the major themes in, in the book of Daniel, uh where um Nebuchadnezzar's continually after seeing the evidence of the god most high and saying you know with the uh, uh the the three friends uh shadrach meshach and abednego in their story in chapter 3 um he recognizes oh hey their god or, is the god you want to uh want to follow because he is the the lord most high or in even chapter 2 uh the dream that he has that daniel uh because of what God had given him, the, the interpretation there. He acknowledges the God most high, but then he continues to put himself in the place of God. And uh, that chapter four uh, where you're talking about totally shows, no, there's only one God. Just because you're king of Babylon, the, the, the center of the world at the moment, um, I still have power over you, right?
1: Yeah. And I love that he didn't give up on him you know i mean he, he he several times in his life revealed himself to him but but it was it wasn't too late even though he had blown it royally he he did humble himself much like david you know
0: humbled himself before yeah. the lord and and was restored have you ever had um has there been a time in your life where you're like gosh i have to humble myself <laughs> before the lord right now which one? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> How many times have I had to eat crow and mm-hmm. go back to people and apologize for for assuming the worst, mm-hmm. reading the situation wrong, thinking I was right, only seeing my perspective?
0: Josiah, what, what are some things that are jumping off the page to you?
2: I really enjoyed a lot around that new temple language. Mm-hmm. And there's so many little subtle things. I love that it's bigger. I love that the priests no longer are part of all the other tribes. They have their own land around the temple. And the, the prince, it's not a king. The implication seems to be that God is their king.
0: Mm.
2: He's living among them. And there's a prince There's there's someone who rules on his behalf, but he's king and the prince gets his own land. So there's no more temptation for oppression and falling into the traps that they've fallen into before. Mm. And I just loved all that imagery and like watching God's holy, his presence and glory come back into the temple. And the messenger says to Ezekiel, Hey, no one, that gate, that East gate, that that God just came through, no one else can go through that gate except for the Prince. When he wants to really praise God and offer, uh, sacrifices of Thanksgiving, yeah. then he can, he can sit in God's presence to offer him praise. And it was just, I found it really beautiful to sit and think, think about and, and to know what's coming in the year like of, of John the Seer and his, uh, book of Revelation and and how I think we can miss the point sometimes in all these things and and forget that God's trying to make things new. Mm-hmm. That His heart is to dwell with us and to redeem mm-hmm. the world we live in, not not to destroy it and to take us all away somewhere else. His goal is to redeem the creation He designed us for,
0: yeah.
2: and to dwell in it. It's C.S. Lewis describes um, the fall as a false start. That it never really started. That we're still waiting for the moment that we fully wake up into the creation that God designed us for. Some biblical scholars um, use a word play off of John Milton's Paradise Lost. And they said it's more like paradise ungained. Mm. And with Jesus, we finally get to gain the thing we never had the mm. offer that was always on the table that God longed for us to have. Yep. And he gave us the freedom to reject. And now he says, come on. Like he's been spending all this time convincing us of his goodness when he doesn't have to. And just thinking of all those things around this new temple and the statements it, it's making of, about what God's doing in his heart for, for us. And I really enjoyed it and it becomes a river of blessing it, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's so good.
1: I love that the priest that said, the priest will not have any property or possession of land, for I alone am their special possession.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. What an
2: honor. There's tons of stuff in there that even mirrors what we've heard in the Torah, in the first five books, and even the mentioning of there's two separate divisions of the land. And one happens before the river and one happens after the river. Just like um, in Joshua, there's already been a division of the land, I think, in Numbers. Mm-hmm. But then it happens again in Joshua on the other side of the river. It's almost like a whole new, like, hey, we're going to redo this whole thing again. And it's going to be perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you you both mentioned the priest's. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me in this description, he they call out one of the priests uh, in a good way. Is that uh, yeah, and how the priesthood was 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 going to be built from kind of his line now because he was one of the few yeah. that remained faithful to God throughout all of this. Yeah, you know, and I just love that it it's like God honors he honors our faithfulness. You mm-hmm. know, I, I just. He, he stood out to me yeah. because it's mentioned two or three times about his faithfulness. Um, and then also, um, the language, uh, that Ezekiel uses, uh, I think at least twice of taking our hearts of stone and turning them into hearts of flesh. Mm-hmm. Just, and again, another picture of that, of that renewal that yes. is and that redemption. It's so beautiful. Um, Absolutely and and I, and I love that throughout all of the prophets where there seems to be a lot of a lot of judgment a lot of um pointing out of where where the people have not kept their covenant with God but then there's always this beautiful picture of hope and uh, and Ezekiel is one of the one of the most beautiful there for sure yeah as we've worked our way through this old testament I'm, I'm thankful for for that hope and that hope that continues to point us towards one that's that's coming at least where we're at in scripture right now one that's coming but we haven't fully seen yet and we're getting closer and i'm excited about that hey thanks guys for for joining us today
2: yeah thanks for having us yeah.
0: great to be here yeah see you later thank you so much for listening and as always we want to thank the river community church for sponsoring this podcast And if you're in Cookville and looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come out. And you can check out more about us at therivercc.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week.